And what we're going to do is look at verses 4 through 7. This is one of those prayers of Paul um, that I've told you before is so, so crucial that you study the prayers of Paul. And this is one of them. Let's read it together. Verse 4, I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. Now, verse 6, here it is. That the communication of thy faith may become effectual by or through the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Let's pray. Father, would you speak to us through this text? Be my words and my thoughts. And Father, I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Let me remind you of the, the whole setting of the book of Philemon. Paul's writing to this man Philemon. And this man Philemon has a church that is meeting inside his home. And Philemon, we know, is a very, uh, if you will, influential man in, in this area. And Philemon had a servant. His name was Onesimus. And this servant, Onesimus, served Philemon, but then stole from Philemon. And when Onesimus stole from Philemon, Onesimus began to flee. But aren't you glad today that when you flee, you can't flee from God? And so what happened is he ran into Paul. And when he ran into the Apostle Paul, Onesimus encountered the gospel through the Apostle Paul. And Onesimus was gloriously saved. As a matter of fact, later on in Philemon, Paul even calls Onesimus my son. Same thing he called Timothy, if you remember. And so he's writing to Philemon and he's saying, listen, Philemon, this one, this Onesimus that stole from you, He's not the same man he used to be. He's not the same person he used to be. Matter of fact, Philemon, not only is he not the same person, he's one of your spiritual kinfolk. And you are to receive him back unto yourself. And not just receive him, but you're to receive him as if he had never stolen from you to start with. Now you could put yourself in that place right there. And say, how would I do in that situation? Well, so Philemon, in writing this letter, he expresses to Philemon in this letter what Paul himself is praying for Philemon. And some of this prayer is, has to do with an acknowledgement or a celebration of what Paul has heard about the person Philemon. But in verse 6, verse 6 really is a prayer of what Paul really expects from Philemon or for God to do in Philemon's life. Now, I want you to look at this with me. In verse 4 and 5, you have first the exaltation in Paul's prayer. Paul just exalts what the Lord concerning what he's heard to Philemon. Notice what he says. He said, I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayer. Hearing of thy love and faith. Now, I want you to see something very crucial here. What is the direction of Paul's thankfulness? Paul's not thanking Philemon, and Paul's not congratulating Philemon, and Paul's not giving glory to Philemon. Paul says, I pray continuously, thanking my God for what he has done in and through you. 
Because the love and the faith that Philemon has showed, listen, it's not love and faith Philemon came up with. It's love and faith that only the Lord could give him and the Lord could manifest through him. And so one of the things you need to understand, and you've heard me say this a million times, that anything good that anybody sees about you, it's not you. So don't get the big head. I mean, everybody's trying to want to get noticed in this day and age we live in. I mean, listen, churches, people want to get noticed. I mean, they want to give a certain amount, they get their name on the side of a pew or their name on a window. I got news for you. I hope they enjoyed their credit. That's all they're going to get. Because you and I need to understand the glory doesn't go to us. The glory goes to Him. And Paul says, I thank my God for what I hear is taking place in and through you, Philemon. And so that's the direction of thankfulness. But notice the declaration that led to thankfulness. What was declared unto Paul that caused Paul to be so thankful to the Lord concerning what was going on in Philemon's life? Notice what he says here. He says here in verse 5, Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. Now, this is really what called Paul to just be so thankful to God. Because when Paul would hear this about Philemon, it would just refresh his heart. Why? Because it authenticated that Philemon truly had the Spirit of Christ within him. Because this word love here is agape. and It's not a love that you and I can muster up. It's a love only the Spirit of God gives by shedding abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And so what you find here in this declaration of thankfulness, you see the evidence of the tenderness of Philemon. He loved all saints. Now you're going to see two things in this verse that cause Paul to give praise. The first is a love towards the saints. Then you're going to see a faith that was towards the Lord. And so he begins with this love towards the saints. Go down to verse 7 for just a moment. He, he develops this love for us a little more. He says, for we have great joy and consolation in thy love. Love that I've heard about, Philemon, that has been true in you. And notice what it says. Because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Let me ask you a question today. Are we walking in the love of Christ in the standpoint that everyone we get around, they walk away refreshed by the love that God's demonstrating through us? One of the things you and I need to remember is Christianity is not individualism. Christianity is about a body, a family. And so many times what happens is that we have the love in us, but we don't allow Him to manifest it through us. Now, I'm glad for Liberty Baptist Church, uh, the lovingest church I've ever been a part of. And I praise the Lord for the love that He's manifested through all of you folks so many times over. But one of the things we need to remember here is love is always toward the saint. And, and Paul said, listen, this love that comes out of you, it refreshes the saints. It edifies them. It encourages them. It lifts them up. When they're dry, it gives them thirst. I mean, it's something that they walk away from. And they walk away in peace and joy. And their circumstances seem to dissipate when they get around you, Philemon. Because the love that's being manifested through you just refreshes the saints. 
How many of y'all get around people sometimes that when you get around them, boy, that's just, you walk away and you just feel good? How many of you ever got around people when you walk away, you want to spit on the ground? I believe some people have the gift of criticism. What do y'all think? I mean, but listen, what I'm saying to you today is, listen, if we have the love of Christ and we are walking in faith to Him, through Him, He will manifest that love through us. And whenever you get around somebody, listen, that love will be so manifested, they'll be refreshed by your presence. And that's what Paul is thanking God for. But notice not only the evidence of the tenderness of Philemon, but the evidence of the trust of Philemon. He said, here have I love and faith. And then he says, which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus. You see, here's the way it works. You cannot have love and not have faith. But now listen to me. You cannot have faith and not have love. But hear me. You can have faith and not demonstrate that love. But you cannot demonstrate that love and not demonstrate faith. It's absolutely impossible. Because your vertical relationship with the Lord will always determine your horizontal relationship with others. If you're out of sort with someone else, I want you to hear me. Y'all love me, say amen. If you're out of sort with someone else, it's because you're out of sort with the Lord. You wouldn't matter to be out of sort with anybody else if you're, not, if you're in, in right fellowship with God. Now you say, well, wait a minute, I've went to them, I've asked them to forgive me, and they've not. Listen, then that's between them and God. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. You will walk in fellowship with others if you're walking in fellowship with the Lord. If you're not walking in fellowship with the Lord, you will not walk in fellowship with others. And so Paul was so encouraged by hearing these declarations concerning Philemon. But now when you get to verse 6, Here's where it really comes to fruition. Now, why did Paul point these two specific aspects of Philemon, of what he heard about Philemon, out in this prayer? Well, you say, well, those are the things he thanked God for. They are. But why did he tell Philemon what he was thanking God for? Because what he was expecting God to do in Philemon was going to require Philemon to walk... And what Paul had been hearing, he was already walking in, love and faith. And you say, what was that? Taking Anisbius back and forgiving him as if he had never stolen from you. How many of you agree today that's going to take faith? How many agree that's going to take love? And so now Paul is drawing from, you know, he's saying to Philemon, Philemon, this is what we've heard about you. Oh, I rejoice. I praise God for it. Now, here's what I'm praying God will do in you. And all this is wrapped in the context of Onismus and Philemon receiving Onismus back to himself. Because watch how he says what he prays. He says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual. Now, if you see the words may become, what is the first thing that tells you? It hadn't become yet. Now, you say, well, wait a minute, Paul. You just praise the Lord for his faith. Oh, but listen, as much as Paul's heard about his faith, he's also heard about what Anismus done. And probably heard about 
Philemon's mindset towards Onesimus. And Paul says, I'm praying for you that the communication of thy faith may become more effectual. Now let's break this down. I want you to see this. Because this is a this is a word studies treasure trove. The first thing you're going to see is a productive faith that is shared. This word communication of thy faith would be more effective. It's the word used in the Greek koinonia. How many of y'all heard that word before? The word here is koinonia. And koinonia means a partnership with or a sharing or oneness in something. Fellowship and faith. Because listen, if you're one in faith, you're going to be one in what? Fellowship. So here's what Paul's saying. Paul said, I'm praying for you, Philemon. I praise God for what I hear he's doing in you, but I'm praying for you that the koinonia of thy faith, the partnering of thy faith, the overflowing of thy faith in others. In other words, the common faith you have one with another, that your faith would be so real that it would become more effective, that your faith would rub off on others. And when others see your faith, they begin to walk in the faith that they see you have. And they would begin to be common to you. Their faith would be common to your faith because they've seen your faith in works and your faith in action. Have you ever thought that sometimes your family, your friend, your co-workers, sometimes that the reason they're not walking in faith is maybe they're not seeing faith lived out enough? I want to tell you something. You get around somebody that's living out their faith moment by moment, day by day, no matter what somebody criticizes them or says to them, and you see them walking in faith, resting in faith, I promise you, somebody that don't have that will stand up and take notice. And Paul said, Philemon, listen, I'm praying that the fellowship, the quantity of thy faith, may become more effectual. It'll be common. It'll pour out into other people. Let me give you an example of this. How many of you remember in Paul in prison? And the Bible says of Paul in prison, it says that many of the brethren were waxed bold because of Paul's imprisonment. You say, well, wait a minute. Are you saying that Paul's faith was so evidenced and seen and heard by the brethren that that faith began to pour over into them? I'm saying that's exactly what happened. Because they began to hear about Paul and his imprisonment. How did Paul take his imprisonment? Well, every Roman guard that chained to him, he tried to lead him to Jesus. I mean, listen, one time he's in prison, him and Silas just got a praise and singing fit. Uh, in other words, they heard, you know, listen, in that day, persecution was rampant. And, and many of the Christians were very timid. Remember, we studied Timothy, 2 Timothy, and we saw that. But yet when they heard of Paul and what Paul and how Paul was living out his faith in chains, chained to a Roman guard, they began to realize, wait, if that's faith, I'm not walking in it. And they began to wax bold in their faith. Now, let me ask you a question. What would have a greater testimony? It's the title of a message, a faith that testifies. What would have a greater testimony to the people that Philemon 
that these in, that meet in his house week by week, and those that know Philemon, what would have a greater testimony about Philemon's faith? One that is angry, or one that is bitter, or one that says, if I find Onesimus, I'm going to give him what he deserves. And by the way, in that day, it was death. Or one that forgives, forgets, and receives. Paul, Paul said, I'm praying for you, Philemon, that the fellowship, the communication of our faith may become effectual. You see, it's a productive faith that is shared. Look at verse 14. Notice this. Paul says here to Philemon, but without thy mind would I do nothing. In other words, here's what he's saying. Without letting you know up front, Paul says, I'm not going to do anything. What is he talking about? Sending Onesimus back to him. Because remember, Onesimus has become a benefit to Paul. I mean, he's been radically changed. And he's become really a, a right-hand man to Paul. And Paul really don't want him to go back. But Paul knew the only way Philemon's faith could be demonstrated properly is for him to go back and make things right with Philemon. And Paul said, I won't do this without letting you know up front. He says that thy benefit should not be, as it were, necessity, but willingly. Let me tell you what takes, makes faith real faith. You don't have to. You get to. And you want to. If somebody has to twist your arm to obey, you don't have faith in that one area. But here's the reality. When faith is real, when faith is being lived out, then here it is. Obedience becomes a desire and not a duty. And Paul says, listen, Philemon, I'm praying that as Onesimus comes back to you, that willingly you'll receive him. And when you receive him, all the fellowship of your faith will become more effectual. How many of y'all had people that you kind of looked at as being spiritual giants in your life? When did you learn more about their spirituality? When everything was going bad or when everything was going good? I guarantee you learn more about them when everything's going bad. Because in those times, you find out what kind of faith they're walking in. And this is what Paul is saying. Now, notice secondly here, not only a productive faith that is shared, but a powerful faith that is seen. This word effectual here, here's what it means. It means to be made energetic, to be operative, to be active, to be powerful. So here's what Paul is praying. Paul's saying, and this means, listen, I'm praying that the fellowship of your faith the common faith you have with your brethren, that it would be of such that it would become more active, more operative, more powerful than it's ever been before. I mean, listen, the saints were already telling Paul about Philemon's faith. But Paul's saying, listen, I'm, I'm praying for the day that, listen, it becomes even more impactful than it's ever been. But Philemon, that can never be 
until you do what's right to omnismus. Because remember, what part of his love and faith did Paul point out in his prayer? His love towards the Lord is, I mean, his faith towards the love, Lord, his love towards the brethren. All right, now, why did he specify brethren? Because guess what Onesimus is now? He's not a common slave anymore. He's a brethren. In other words, when he comes back, he would be a bond servant. No longer serving out of duty, serving out of delight. Willingly giving himself to the master forever. Why? Because he's now a brethren, not a slave. And so Paul's challenge to Philemon, are you going to treat him? like you're treating all the other brethren. Let me tell you something. Y'all going to love me, say amen. If you play favorites and you shun people that you don't agree with, you know nothing of the love of God. Absolutely nothing. And you say, why do you say that? Because what is the love of God? It's an unconditional love. It's not a love based upon what someone does, says, doesn't do, doesn't say. It's a love that's just based upon God. And by the way, you better be glad God don't play favorites. And you better be glad God doesn't have a love that is that's factored in by how you and I acted or lived or thought or said. If God loved us that way, I promise you right now, every one of us sitting in this building right now would break hell wide open. But God loved us in spite of us. And Jesus said, you're to love them as I have loved you. Oh, listen. It to be a more effectual faith, a more active, a more operative, a more energetic faith. You see, Paul's warning Philemon's faith to be more powerful. It's already refreshing the vows of the saints. But what would happen when you receive a man that stole from you unto yourself as your own brother in Christ? What kind of testimony would that send? Well, listen, this powerful faith that is seen, let me develop it for you. I had a field day studying this out. You first see the reality of this supernatural faith. When he uses this term, may become effectual. Thy faith may become effectual. How many agree that Paul is already assuming the fact that Philemon has that faith? He's just praying it'll be more powerful, more effective. So here's the reality of this supernatural faith. If you're saved, you have all the faith you would ever need. You say, well, how do you know that? Because it was given to you in Christ Jesus. Y'all do know faith is a gift. I hear illustrations all the time. Faith is just as simple as you sitting in a chair. You're putting your faith in that chair to hold you up. I got news for you. Faith is so much more than that. Because until God gives it to you, you're not going to want to sit in the chair. You see, faith 
The reality of it is this. That willfully, Philemon will obey and receive Onesipus. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all agree that outside stimulus can cause you and I to act? Let me give you a case in point. Why do so many commercials run on TV showing animals that have been treated harmfully or showing um, catastrophic situations that have happened in other countries and, and they show the, the graphic pictures of all that took place? What's the motivation behind that? To get you to act and give. But let me tell you something. This is not the way faith works. Nothing wrong with giving to a worthy cause. Y'all say amen. But see, faith don't work from an outside stimulus. Faith works from an inside person. The Lord Jesus. And Him in you begins to work in you and through you. And He is the originator of the faith in which you and I walk in. You see, there's the reality of this faith. Because watch what he says at the end of verse 6. Every good thing that is in you, would you agree faith is one of those good things that is in him? But notice secondly the resources of supernatural faith. I'll come back to this word acknowledging in a minute. But I want you to see this. Every good thing which is in you. So what kind of resources are made available to Philemon here to walk by this faith that Paul is trusting God to work in Philemon in regards to Onesimus. In other words, let me put it to you this way. Does Philemon have everything he needs on a spiritual level to be able to receive Onesimus, forgive Onesimus, and absolutely forget that he stole from him? Absolutely he does. You say, well, what in the world does he have? A person, the Lord Jesus. And by the way, isn't that what Jesus did for us? What does the word justify mean? It means he counts you as not guilty. Even though we're all guilty. Aren't you glad today when you get to glory? Aren't you glad today when you get to glory? Hey, you have an advocate with the Father, even now, standing in your stead and say, wait a minute, that's already been taken care of. That's already been passed from the east to the west. It's been removed. It's no more. I hear people all the time say, well, I'll forget, but I won't ever forget. Then you don't know what redemption is. Because if God didn't forget it, bring it back up when you got to judgment. I'm telling you, folks, this is an amazing passage to me. The resources, everything Philemon needs is already in him through Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, listen to it. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in how many things? Y'all say this verse with me, okay? And God, I, I didn't hear you. And God is able to make all grace. Now watch this. How much grace? All. Abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency. 
How much sufficiency? In all things. How many things? All right, so let me ask you a question. Is there anything God will ever allow in your life or anything ever God will prompt you to do in your life that he's not already provided for you to go through or provide to do? Isn't that amazing? These all things, this all sufficiency, this all grace, what is it to do? May abound to every good work. See, it's not a matter of do we have it. The matter is, is it abounding to every good work? And this is what Paul is saying to Philemon. He's saying to Philemon, listen Philemon, that your faith will become more powerful, more effective, more operable. Now watch. Here's the little phrase I left out. There's a condition to it. By the acknowledging of every good thing. What's this word acknowledging mean? Does it just mean giving mental assent that it's there? Does it mean, well, I've got all sufficiency for all things living in me through the person of the Lord Jesus, and I acknowledge right now that I have it. Is that what it means? Oh, no, it means much more than that. There's really five words for know or knowledge in the New Testament, Greek New Testament. But three of them make up this one word here. One of them is the word kenosis. And here's what kenosis means. Revelation knowledge. Let me give you an example where it's used. It's used in Philippians chapter 3. Where Paul says, I count all things but dung, garbage, that I may know him. How many of you agree Paul got a revelation of who Jesus was? (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you, he got a revelation upon revelation. Y'all with me? Say amen. And Paul said, I count all my religiosity, I count all my Judaism, I count all my authority as a Pharisee, I count all my position as of the tribe of Judah, I count all that as garbage, that I just may have revelational knowledge of who Jesus is. You say, well, when did I receive that? Upon the conviction of the Holy Spirit when you were saved. That's when God revealed himself to you. But then later on in chapter 3, you see the second Greek word for knowledge. And it's the Greek word kenosko. And it's a word that means experiential knowledge. And in that praise in Philippians 3, Paul says, all right, I want to count all things but done that I may know him, kenosis, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellow of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. What was Paul saying? That I may have experiential knowledge of the power of his resurrection. I may have experiential knowledge of being made conformable unto his death. That I may have experiential knowledge of what I have in Christ. So in other words, you can have revelational knowledge. You can know it to be true by faith. But you're still not experiencing the effects of that knowledge. How many agree today Christ is your victory? Raise your hand. All right. Don't raise your hand for this one. How many of you are you walking in that right now? That's experiential knowledge. How, do you, how many of you agree today that Christ says that you're an overcomer that can never be overcome? How many of you, I'm going to preach to myself. 
have moments and circumstances you forget that. See, what Paul's saying is he's saying, listen, there's the realization of supernatural faith. And he's saying it this way, Philemon, when your fellowship of your faith becomes more powerful, it is through, the only way that'll happen, is through the acknowledging, and here's the Greek word, epinosis. What is epinosis? It takes kenosis, revelation knowledge, kenosko, experiential knowledge, puts them together in one word. It's called full knowledge. He said, Philemon, when you began to walk in what's been revealed to you, when you began to live out what's been given to you, when you began to know the power of His resurrection that's lived out through you, and you began to experience that in your life, He said, then and only then will every good thing which is in you become reality. How many agree I can enjoy what the Lord has given and who the Lord is in me, no more than the basis of what I give myself to and what I allow Him to do. Does that make sense? Say amen. So, so guess what? Here it is. Could Philemon ever truly experience all, every good thing if he's not experiencing forgiving a now brethren called Onesimus. See, I believe that's part of the good thing here. Because that's the context of the whole, whole passage. Listen. Now I'm going to love on y'all. Y'all going to let me love on you? Say amen. Sometimes God will test and try your faith. And you say, why is that? Not so he would know what you have and don't have. So you would know what you're not walking in and what you're not walking in. And by the way, this is a tall order for a man like Philemon. And you say, why is that? Because in that culture, to give preferential treatment or, if you will, leniency to a common slave, especially one that stole from you, was considered absolute heresy. Because in that culture of that day, if Onesimus come back, he ought to immediately be stoned to death. And so for Philemon to obey and for God to work what Paul's praying for Philemon to be worked out through Philemon's life, it could cost him dearly. It could cost him, if he's an influential man, it could cost him his influence. We know he's a well-off man because he had a house big enough for people to meet in. Some of the church members might not like it. Now y'all looking at me like I'm from Mars. 
Some of y'all have never lifted your hand in praise a day in your life because you're too worried about what somebody else will think about you. Come on, wake up, you know it's true. <laughs> hey, our humanity, we worry about people and what they think about us. And so what Paul's asking Philemon to do, listen, could very well hurt him. Look with me lastly. Not only you see the reality of this supernatural faith and the resource and the realization, but the recognition of this supernatural faith. See, there's a lot of debate between scholars on this word acknowledging here. Some scholars said this word acknowledging is referring to Philemon coming to an experiential knowledge through revelation of all that he has in Christ. Well, I just said that to you, did I not? Other scholars say that the acknowledging is not towards Philemon, but the acknowledging is towards those that see his faith lived out. Would acknowledge everything that is good in Philemon. So preacher, which is it? Well, I believe the structure of the sentence in the Greek gives credibility to both. Because the beginning of it has to do with the communication of thy faith. In other words, your faith affecting other people. But it also has to do that your faith would be more effectual, more operative. So here's what I believe it's saying. I believe what Paul was praying here is this. Oh, Father, would, would Philemon's faith be so exercised, fellowship to others, that it'd be more impactful in other people's lives than as he comes to the place of acknowledging, of experiencing all the good things you have placed in him through Christ Jesus, that others would see those same things and the only thing they could say, to God be the glory. And they'd see Philemon's faith lived out. And all the credit would go to the Lord. You see, this is the recognition of faith. Now look at these three things that Paul's faith, when he receives an isthmus back. Three testimonials that it gives of this acknowledging of the good things in Paul through Christ. The first thing it will acknowledge is this, the grace seen in forgiveness. How many agree that if someone steals from you and you treat them as if they never did it, only grace could be the answer to that. I was in Pineville, Kentucky. And I was in a church just attending. I was up there um, for a, another conference, but on that Sunday night, they wasn't having the conference. And so I went to this church up in Williamsburg, Kentucky, which was right outside of Pineville. And the pastor of that church, his father was the pastor of that church for like 35, 40 years, and then he became the pastor after, after his father got sick and had to retire and eventually died. 
And I'll never forget the story he told in his message. I don't remember what the message was about, but I'll never forget the story. He told the story of his father. When his father was a young teenager, 11, 12, 13 years old, somewhere in there, his father saw a man shoot and kill his own dad. And for all the years he grew up, in his later teen years, his early 20s, he never told anybody that he saw who shot his dad because he was scared. The Lord saves him, calls him to ministry, begins to pastor this church up in Williamsburg called Binghamtown Baptist Church. I think what he said is his dad had been pastoring the church for maybe 15, maybe 20 years. Don't quote me on that. And one Sunday morning, church was pretty large, probably runs 700, so he, obviously he couldn't see everybody in the, in the auditorium. The invitation started, and a man in the very back row gets up and starts walking to the front, weeping. Immediately, Mr. Bingham, the pastor, recognized him. It was the man that shot his dad. The man that shot his dad had no understanding or didn't even know that he, as a little boy, saw what happened. And he walks up to Mr. Bingham. How many agree Mr. Bingham right there would have the right to call the police, shut the service down, tell everybody to leave, Handcuff this dude to a chair. How many agree he'd have a right to do that? What'd he do? He said, what's the Lord doing in you? The man said, I'm lost. You just wouldn't believe some of the things I've done in my life. I'm lost. God showed me I'm lost. What do I do? And that preacher got down on his knees next to the man that murdered his own dad. And led, led that man to the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation. And the man become one of the pillars of the church. Only grace could do that, folks. Now you may say, well, you should have turned him in anyway. You can argue that with the Lord. Y'all say amen. You see, grace would be seen in this forgiveness. Have you ever thought that the greatest testimony of grace would be for you to treat someone that mistreated you as good or better than you did before they mistreated you? And your family and your friends knowing what they did to you and seeing how you treat them in respect of what they did to you, do you not think that's going to be a glorious testimony of God's grace? Not only the grace seen in forgiveness, the gentleness seen in forgiveness. It was going to take the gentleness of the Spirit of God to be able to receive Onesimus. Now listen, not as a slave, as a brethren. But lastly, the glory seen in forgiveness. 
Now look at this with me real close in your Bibles, okay? Every good thing which is in you, y'all with me at the bottom of verse 6? Every good thing that is in you, notice it says in the King James, in Christ Jesus. Y'all see that? All right, listen. That word in, I in. It's better translated this way. Unto Christ. So, now put it in the right context. Here's what it says. By the acknowledging, Philemon coming to the experiential knowledge and by revelation of walking in everything that is good, that is in him, in Christ, and others seeing it, and others recognizing it, and acknowledging that it only is Christ that living through Philemon can live out what Philemon is doing in grace and gentleness. And then what happens? That not only Philemon, who's living in this experiential knowledge, but those that are seeing him live in it, all they can say is, Glory unto the Lord! And man don't say, Well done, Philemon! Man says, Only God could do that. 1 Corinthians 10.31 in closing. Whether you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do what? For the glory of the Lord. Everything. Every time you walk in the victory of Christ, the good thing that is in you, God gets the glory. Every time you walk in the grace of Christ, By forgiving someone else, God gets the glory. And every time you live in a realm of life that makes no sense to natural man, the world looks at you and says, why are you so different? And the only thing you can say, Jesus Jesus. Oh, precious Jesus. Donald, help me. Jesus, 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 there is something about that name. When I'm at work tomorrow, are those around me? Going to be able to catch the the tune. Jesus, Jesus. Like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Let all heaven and earth proclaim. You see, there's something good in us. And the only thing good in us is Jesus. Father, I love You, I praise You, and I thank You. I praise Your holy name.
for letting me be here tonight. And I pray that this passage has helped somebody tonight. And Father, that we would be vessels that your faith lived out through us would be more impactful in people's life than it ever has before because we are acknowledging every good thing that is in us. And so, Father, I'll thank you for what you do in it. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said...